All right. You just slap your ass. I slap my ass. <laughs> Back for another one of those ass slapping beats. Breathe pressure. I'll my game. I, I, I. Exhale, exhale. All right. Here we go. Welcome to Bundle Buddies. This is a podcast where we play through the entire itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Hammett. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. Uh, the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive national outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund as well as the Community Bail Fund. It was split 50-50. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, so cool. cool. So, so cool. Alex, I hurt my back. Oh no, how'd you hurt it? Um, Picking something up like an idiot. What did you pick up? Wow, so cagey. It was sex. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a follow-up. No, question. he never. They never are until you bust them on the pod on your your podcast. Oh, uh, my back! Oh, I'm, laid, I'm <laughs> no. laid out. I'm laid out. I can't get up. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. That sucks. <laughs> I was listing I was lifting some heavy stuff. I'm in the process of moving right now, so we were uh, we did our first like our first load of stuff over the new place today. Very cool. And I was like, oh shit, this is gonna suck. I was outside I forgot how bad it is to move in LA when it's hot. You know, you're mm-hmm. literally like lifting something outside for two seconds, you get instantly so sweaty and you're just like, fuck this. I hate it. <laughs> um that's exciting that you're moving though. Good for yeah, you. I'm Good very for excited. You. The apartment we're in now has been great, but it's time for a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric, are you playing anything outside of the games we've been playing? Um, a lot of Rocket League. And then uh, I think I just said, I think I say on this podcast that I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, which is oh, like the original one. Very fun. Yeah. Very, very fun. It's, it's so good. I've been, I'm, I'm, uh, my, my, uh, craw or it's the game Hades is firmly struck, stuck in my craw right now. Yeah. I, I keep on playing through it. It's like so good. I'm nice. excited for the day when you play it. I, I I'm telling everyone I know who likes video games to get this thing. Cause it's, it's so good. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, Eric's hurt and I am about to be hurting uh, from the move, but let's get into this week's episode. Um, Firstly, a little note about the audio. I uh, realized that I recorded out of the wrong uh, microphone for the entire. Yeah, so it's it's the Mac mic on mine. (laughs) So my quality is a lot lower than it is now, um, at least in the the chunk in the middle that you'll hear. Um, Well, also, okay, so this we recorded this one like three months ago then realized that we lost half of the audio 
And so then we re-recorded the the beginning part of it. So this whole thing, I have you listened to the the second part yet? Are there like callbacks to the first part that just don't mm-hmm. exist anymore? There's not callbacks, but it's funny because it like we we get like three minutes of our game discussion, like sort of the the tail end of it, and it's like so articulate and interesting <laughs> that I'm really really <laughs> bummed that we lost the first part of the conversation. the The conversation you're gonna hear in a second is good, and it's it's very nice. Um, but that conversation, we, we made some really stellar points that you oh, get to hear at the God. tail end of like a, a more in-depth one. Oh, well, well, here's to ephemera. Am I right? Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Cultural <laughs> and, um, other. Uh, okay. so this week's guest is Ray Gordon. Uh, he's a writer, comedian and magic, the gathering semi-pro, uh, mm-hmm. that we both met in Chicago. Although Eric, did you ever did you ever overlap with him in Chicago? You know what's funny is I think uh, I don't think I overlapped with him in Chicago, but I think I was in Chicago once, and like I had come back to visit, and then this like you know bubbly like energetic dude comes up to me and he's like, "How's LA?" And I was like, "I have no idea who this guy is." A very good friend. That's so funny. Um. <laughs> So Ray's in LA. He moved like before me even out here. He was, mm-hmm. he was in Chicago for like, he got, a, he did exactly what he wanted to do. And then he got out here. Um, yeah. And right now he's based in uh, New York for a while. We talked a little bit about that. Um, so the cause this week, there's two causes this week. Uh, one is the North Central Animal Shelter where Ray found his dog who just passed away. Very unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that specific shelter is closed at the moment due to the pandemic, but please consider donating either money at the link provider buying something on their wish list and that is www.laanimalservices.com slash donate slash wish dash list dash and we'll put a link in the uh the show notes yeah exactly um we're also plugging something ray mentions that we've plugged before uh the candidate for los angeles city council district four nithya raman uh the race is heating up here there are all kinds of misleading mailers going on um i don't know about you but i am uh, eric but i'm paying pretty close attention to this race even though i don't get to vote in it um just because it's weird to watch the national movement like moment we're in where everyone's like we got to get democrats in office we got to get democrats in office and i agree with that and it's so important to defeat trump and i'm gonna vote for joe biden but uh at the same time we live in california where the democrats have a super majority and things ain't perfect here (laughs) you know what i mean um so i really appreciate someone like nivia who is uh got the same kind of interest that I do and is aligned in, in values even more so and uh, would make a really big difference on the uh, LA City Council, which is the most powerful city council in the entire country. Um, so please consider volunteering or donating for her. Um, she was just endorsed by Bernie Sanders, uh, which is a big friggin' deal and mm-hmm. very, very cool. Um, uh, her website is uh, city dot com and both um, those links are on our twitter uh if you donate to them and send proof to bundle buddies podcast at gmail.com we will shout you out on the show do we have any donations uh from last week 
Oh, that's a very good question. I didn't check. Let me check right now. Um, okay. There's a good chance we don't. We've gotten one donation so far. We don't. Not yet. Guys, get donating. Hey, you know, you know two bucks. Come donate. Two bucks. Two bucks, three bucks, ten bucks, four. Uh, use us as your weekly donation guide so that you can um, be donating to the causes that you feel are important. We hope you will. Or just enjoy the episode. And away we go. Wow. Well, that's fucking bullshit. I don't well, know. I'm not taking the GREs. Yeah, I'm screwed. It's, it's official. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck with this dumb brain for the rest of my life. I mean, same. Do you have I, any math questions I, for I like, Eric? Oh, yeah. Give me a math question. <laughs> All right. This is, let's do this podcast. Yeah. You don't want the math questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ray, how you doing? We just checked in a little bit uh, pre-recording, but uh, you're back on the pod right now. We actually did this conversation back when we recorded your original episode, and it was one of our, our early tech uh, lessons, read yes. failures. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't end up recording uh, one-third of the, the people on the on it. So we're, we're back with you again to get the intro thing locked and loaded. Yeah, we learned don't delete one third of the audio of the podcast which honestly who knew i'm i'm still learning every day about this podcast <laughs> now we get to come back at it fresh you know between two-thirds of this podcast and another one-third of the podcast uh i've traveled across the country i've gotten engaged my dog died a whole lot of stuff guys. holy shit you're absolutely Jesus. right that's uh how's the other part of the well first of all sorry about your dog that's awful <laughs> That's well, so I'm going to say, firstly, congratulations about your uh, engagement. Thank yeah, well, you. I was going to get there. I was going to get there. I, I know, you know. Order, you know what I mean? You know, well, I mean, like, you know, not to not to dally with your heart, Ray, but to go, hey, congratulations, but also sorry. is That's like <laughs> setting it up and then going down. Yeah. First of all, sorry. <laughs> and then congratulations, Ray. First of all, congratulations, and then sorry. Hey, it was real fun because we like hadn't announced our engagement yet, and then this happened, and we we're like, "How do we tell people about either one of these?" <laughs> it, it, it is unbelievable just to have such a big, um, so it's like so many huge life events go just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it was pretty especially. Fun. Especially right now, because it's like, well, you can't really like actually hang out with anybody and like share them in normal ways. So it's just sort of like people kind of find out that like you're married on Instagram now or that like and it's just like I keep seeing people like I don't keep seeing people, but, you know, I'll encounter people or, you know, like we'll have people over to our backyard. We've got a really big backyard so you can kind of safely both of you know you've you've come to the backyard and we've sat a safe distance from one another and and uh enjoyed each other's company but um like you know i'll i'll talk to somebody on the phone or whatever and they're still like oh congratulations on like your wedding which is like at this point that's like four months ago right so it's like you know you're just i'm just sort of like oh yeah thanks I, like it's like old news at this point but also that's very true. But also I feel like in LA that would be happening for two years after you got married. Anyway, <laughs> I guess that's true. Like yeah. You saw someone who used to be one of your best friends in Chicago for the first time in, you know, eight months. They're like, Oh my God, congratulations on me. <laughs> 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 Getting married. 
Fair enough. <laughs> you got married in between the two thirds of the podcast and this one third of the podcast, on it. I know I did. I got married. Um, thank you so much. Congrats. What's a sad thing you can decide the order to say it under? Um, no, that I haven't had a lot of sad shit happen to me, which is I, I feel very blessed and lucky during this crazy Jesus time. Lucky yeah. dude. I found out I'm allergic to cats. I'm allergic to cats. Oh, oh yeah. How I just found out today. We're, we're, we're house-sitting uh, for some friends who are getting married, and uh, we're watering their plants and looking at the cats. And I stayed there last night and uh, woke up and was like, oh, man, I feel like fucking shit. And it's uh, allergies. Did you, like, sleep with the cat next to you, like, hugging I, the cat? Yeah, I took the cat, and I used it like a little leg pillow, like a lumbar <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and the cat loves it, so it's cool. But, you know, the cats are very afraid of us. They don't like that we're there. Oh, no. They... Um, Maybe the cats are allergic to you. Human beings are the disease. <laughs> or, or the virus infecting the air. The cats are there to clean us. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ray, how's the other side of the country? What's up over there? Uh, it's good. It's the weather. Weather's getting pretty fall-like. It's nice. Mm. It's like in the 40s this morning. Whoa. Uh, but it, it's the same. It's like... Half the people wear masks, half the people don't wear masks. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Very exciting. You guys both have great COVID hair going on. <laughs> you like, you figured out hair that looks great for you over COVID. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Ray and I have much longer hair than we did re- previously. And uh, Eric has about as short as you can get. So we're all making it work for us. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I think my hair is very different than both of your hair in that. I have like thick, like lots of hair. So it just grows. If I grew it out right now, it would grow in like some horrific kind of bowl like shape. And it would just be very unattractive. I feel like the two of you have very attractive long hair. Thank you. Well, firstly, thank you. And secondly, I don't know if I agree with that. I think your hair is lovely. When I've seen it bigger before, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, You know what? I like this podcast because Alex is very nice. Yeah, in, in real life, I'm not nearly this nice. I'm much, <laughs> I'm much more into putting people down, making my friends feel like shit. Um, and speaking of feeling like shit, uh, well, actually, no. Speaking of putting people down, or actually speaking of being nice, uh, Ray, what, the transition king. <laughs> yeah, right. Not my finest work. Which but, one are we speaking of? Where do we? Go? <laughs> Ray, uh, let's start with what you're playing right now. What games are what games are tickling your fancy at the moment? Uh, I I'm on I'm on board the hype train. I, I'm enjoying Among Us. I think it's fun. Mm. I think it's stupid. You get to do chores in space while playing Mafia. Yeah. Uh, who uh, who who are you playing with? I straight up haven't played with anyone but strangers yet. Oh <laughs> really? So you chat, you're using the chat function. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I've only played with uh, Buds. Uh, I mean, it's a wild ride. It's really good for, like, bits when you're playing with complete strangers. Because uh-huh. uh, I did, like, one series where, like, I just, I named myself Amy Klobuchar, and I entered a game where two people happened to be named Bodyguard 1 and Bodyguard 2. Uh-huh. And they followed me around for every single round, making sure <laughs> none of us got killed. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny oh yeah. my god uh all right here's what i don't I, I feel like the tasks are so boring 
Yeah, well, they were developing Among Us too, but they didn't want to drop it because of how successful Among Us has been. Yeah, like, maybe that would have like upped the tasks or the weight of them. Yeah, um, who knows? They are very simple. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like the point of the task is not to be challenging. It's it's just to give you something to do that you can sort of get out of the way quickly. So like yeah. the meat of the game, which is actually either getting murdered or talking about who got murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I trying to connect the wires and stuff like that, and you're like actually anxious trying to do this, and like, ah, what if that person kills oh, me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a good point. I don't know. I just feel like I was playing yesterday with some friends, and there's just like, I feel like I can play the game like three times, and then I'm like, okay, like I, you know, cool. I can't wait to connect wires again. This this is great. This is fun. Did you not get the murderer at all? Not no. do, were you not the murderer? That's the thing. Being no. the murderer is so fun. It's so good. No. I just no. I my my same friend just kept getting it and immediately murdering me. I was like, oh, I'll be That's safe if I follow. <laughs> Wait, Eric, so when we played, you also were getting killed almost instantly every time. So I submit that maybe you're just very bad at this game. That's am I bad at, am I bad at Among Us? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. It's also like I don't know. It's was, hard uh, when you're drunk. Hmm? Very hard when you're drunk. You're right. He yeah. was the worst among us, was what I said, which is uh, just incredible humor. Oh, good humor. Good take. Ray, um, where start us off? Where'd you start with video games? Where, uh, where? What was your first? What was your first video game experience? Uh, first video game. Ex- first, like I first falling in love with a video game experience mm. I think, was like i a, love to hear about how people lo- fall in love i love it i think super mario rpg was really the one that like blew up the world for me where i was just like oh i like role-playing games this game is somehow like better than anything i'd seen before i liked the system of like leveling up i loved the world and it just felt so different where like i'd Every single time I went to like a blockbuster, I hoped it was in, and that game was never in. But then, like, uh, I did get to play it. I was obsessed with it. What I mean, uh, was that for? Super Nintendo. Uh-huh. It was, yeah, and it had incredible graphics, really funny writing, sort of strange characters. Yeah, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, based on some of these other podcasts that we've done. But like, it seems like people right now are kind of anti the original JRPG turn-based battle system. They feel like as a um you know video games have kind of moved beyond it and you can do so many more interesting things so what's the point but i feel like right around then no one was tired of that thing you know that specific mechanic and they were innovating it in like just fun little ways so it's like this the perfect it was just the perfect moment where it's like oh this is still really cool we love it we love this uh you know, conceit of how to do battle, and they're making it fun in a special way, so we're all on board, right? You just don't see that anymore. Now everyone has a fucking opinion about, oh, it's a turn-based <laughs> battle system. Yeah. Well, like, you see that with just, like, the way the Final Fantasy VII remake came out, which is still fun. Exactly, they yeah. They tried to find their own spin on it. You touched on the humor of Super Mario RPG, and I have mm. to call out the fact that the one of the plot lines is there's a main character who is a cloud but thinks that he is a frog and eventually finds out that he is, in fact, a cloud and was adopted <laughs> by frogs. And it is so good. Oh, it's that's so funny. funny. That's great. Well, and I, it, it, it's great, too, because you're looking at this cloud character and they're assessing they're a frog. You're like, I don't know what you are, but you're certainly not a frog. <laughs> you end up calling, he's called Mallow because he looks like marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you like, are you playing as Mario or is it a team? 
How do you want this to or? Uh, no, please, Ray. This is your game you fell in love with. I just happen to love it too. Fair. Uh, you're a team. You get to create your party where it's, uh, you get to choose from uh, Princess Peach. Like you, you accumulate the party throughout the game. Like most okay. of, uh, RPGs. So you get Peach. You get uh, Mallow, the marsh, the the cloud who thinks he's a frog. Gino, who is a fallen shooting star, who was uh, put into like an action figure and brought to life so that he could reform the the stars. Uh, is it like the Star Road or star it's something road? like that? I'm I'm not exactly certain. Yeah, on the finer part of the plot. You get Bowser in your party. Oh fuck, Bowser! Yeah. Oh, that's a conflict right there. Well, he wants to get his castle back from these bad guys, this uh, Smithy who's taken over. I've been playing the original Final Fantasy VII because it's uh, available on uh, Xbox Game Pass right now, and that game oh, is that great. Rules. Yeah, it's really it's cool. So fun. Uh, in the in the remake, how how are they making the turn based stuff different? You still like charge up like actions and attacks and things like that but you're able to like run so you can position yourself to like dodge attacks as though it's a game uh, like dark souls type game more so got it okay or like zelda yeah 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 okay uh that's stupid <laughs> it, it works yeah no. it's cool they're they're working on it i mean you know that's the thing is like i get that maybe we have moved beyond just like you know static screen turn-based kind of thing but um, it seems like this is really fun for everyone who plays it and checks it out and that they've created some kind of special. Okay. All right. I take it back. That's not stupid. <laughs> and with like the graphics and whatnot, you don't want just like a guy standing here going, Ooh, <laughs> like, 10 so. seconds before you can attack. You want to be able to move. You want to do <laughs> just <laughs> rendered in gorgeous HD graphics. Well, this man the, standing. And then the, the solution <laughs> they had in the latest Dragon Quest is that uh, it's the it's the, your, your similar sort of like basic uh, RPG, JRPG battle system. Um, but it's like gorgeous graphics and also uh, folks can uh, run around. And it doesn't serve any purpose. You can just move around the screen. Mm. Um, okay, Ray. So after uh, Super Mario uh, RPG, what are some other games that really, really brought you on board? I love that your first game was an RPG. Is that still sort of for you, like your your genre of choice? Yeah. For so, I think it it's a bit problematic, probably for me in my brain, because getting into I got into RPGs and then I got into like uh, I got really into Magic: The Gathering, which is not a video game but similar game. It is and, now. Oh, it's definitely a video game yeah. now. So, but so they have their online game now. And then when it came to RPGs, when it came to Pokemon, uh, and when it came to real time strategy games like StarCraft II, which I like would wake up and play before I'd go to school every morning, you would either, because StarCraft II kept your record and then the RPGs like had leveling up systems. I just became addicted to like the grind and like trying mm. to make my characters better or trying to get like my StarCraft record as good as possible. And then in Magic, like now that there's like a ranking system and with Overwatch, I just become like a total sucker for just being like, I got to play more games. I got to get my rank up. I got to do this. Yeah. But I yeah. do, if I, if I'm like going to go buy a video game, I'm still like buying RPGs and stuff these days. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your, your history with Magic the gathering you're a gatherer i'm a big time gatherer i uh i started playing when i was like uh, like uh, 
eight years old. And uh-huh. then got real into these tournaments called the Junior Super Series, where you would, uh, until you were 16 years old, you could play in these tournaments and compete for college scholarships. Oh, my God. And wow. The, the top two finishers at, like, the uh, local JSSs would get invites to the big tournament and, like, scholarship money. And I came in third, like, over and over and oh, over. God, right. And it was brutal. But then uh, I like. Quit. So you had to pay for fucking college like a chump. <laughs> no, what a sucker! I couldn't <laughs> pay with Magic the Gathering money. Uh, and then I, uh, at some point, came back to the game and really hit the ground running and qualified for the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour. Nice, uh, which was really fun. It was a really cool, weird experience of just being in this like small room with three hundred people for a weekend playing Magic. Did, okay, so the Pro Tour, does that mean you were a professional Magic player? No, because uh, like it wasn't like, it wasn't a, I wouldn't say it was a career. Okay. I think if I, if I like were able to capitalize it on it back in the day with like a Twitch and things like that, maybe. Like okay. I, I was able to pay my rent a few times with Magic the Gathering winnings, but that's that's as far as the professional career goes. I mean, that's still cool. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a single time when I was able to pay my rent with improv. I yeah, I can't pay my rent. <laughs> <laughs> I spent all that money on dumb college, like a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's uh, what's your favorite? What was your favorite deck? Oh, I mean, I think my favorite deck of all time is it's close, but I think one of them is definitely there's this deck back in odyssey block called blue green madness and it was just like it was the best or second best deck if you count psychotog in the format and you could buy the whole thing for like 20 bucks oh yeah like have access to this deck it was super fun the creatures were like good and it was like one of those decks where like you've got good creatures and you've got counter spells so there's a lot of levels of play to it cool it was great that's fun I um, am someone who has always enjoyed Match of the Gathering, but I'm not especially good at it, uh, especially if I'm playing against people who are actually good at it and treat it as like math instead of just like a game where you're pretending to be a wizard. <laughs> I feel attacked, but I, I agree. <laughs> it's, because, it's because you have been attacked. I put you squarely in my sights, both of you, in fact, and just fucking let, let loose. Well, I I still pretend to be a wizard, but I'm also doing math. So a I, math I, wizard, a little bit of a math wizard. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think you know, like I've been playing um, Rocket League, and I like it a lot. But I think that there's like a weird thing that happens where you like a game, and then you start to get competitive with it, and then like it stops being. F- fun anymore and like i don't know if that's i the internet in some ways has created that or at least like amplified that right like the ladders and like what you were talking about right with like you know oh i could be like gold now or i could be platinum or i could get mythic right like this sort of like weird um kind of like leveling up system that in some ways is like arbitrary or it's or you know or it's if it's not arbitrary it is you know it's about how many hours you've sort of decided to kind of put your time into this thing but it it 
it what it does is it, it certainly feeds the it feeds the like the execs right because they keep you on for more and more hours but i don't know that that necessarily um benefits people's enjoyment of these things well it's a it's a little bit of a, like a mind twist where you're no longer playing and enjoying the game so much as you're playing and enjoying reading. and right so in that sense like that's why it's like uh, addictive for like there are like people with like gambling addictions that find games like this and stuff like that because you start getting into like the winning aspect of it rather than the like playing and enjoying what it is that they've created yeah it is so interesting uh just i, I feel like uh Roth and i approach games from a very different perspective and it's got i i do think that like people who are competitive and have like a kind of an alpha mindset like are are like come to games from a thing of like winning or or being good at it or, or these things and they look at sort of like the tiers at which you can ascend and, and feel excited about the prospects there and get really down if they can't reach it and i that's like not how i work i'd like realized very early on that i was bad at sports and like competitive i'm not a very competitive person really so the the thing for me is more like that I'm doing the wrong thing or missing the best story or something like that. So mm. when I go to the internet, it's to like find tips or like walkthroughs kind of a thing, you know? That um, makes and, sense. I, and I stay away from a lot of the games that are really, really competitive. The, the only example recently that is like Overwatch is one I will play quite a bit because um, just the, the game is so well created from a character and like team standpoint where the, the function of everyone is so so smooth and nice um that like you can really play a different kind of game than sort of a twitchy first person shooter kind of a thing yeah no go ahead ray no i i just agree totally like that's why i think the the games like uh the traditional rpgs like are a little more like relaxing and soothing because it is about like finding that path and like doing things the way that you feel you want to or trying to like like with Fable, where you got to decide mm. whether you wanted to be like a good character or an evil character, and like build that way. Oh like, man, Fable three, Fable three, fucking broke my brain <laughs> because of the the choices you were presented. I was like, oh god, like it like made me feel so bad because they would be like, hey, like you know, you promised on your journey to these like, you know people who are who live in mud city that you are going to help build like streets but it turns out that if you actually help them build streets you're going to bankrupt the kingdom and when the death comes through and ruins everybody you're going to screw everyone so do you want to fuck these guys over and i was like no no why why are you making me make these decisions ah! i've never played any of the fable games but that sounds fucking awesome i love that <laughs> I hated it. But yeah, no, I think because uh, uh, coming from gymnastics and coming from a childhood being raised by gymnasts and having that competitive kind of uh, upbringing, I definitely approach video games in that same way where I'm like, I want to win. I want to figure out the best way to do this thing. Uh, and, um, and, and actually, maybe that's why I've been going back to Final Fantasy VII again, because it's like, Oh, this is nice. It's got pretty music. It's got long cutscenes. <laughs> the gameplay is not too difficult. Which is nice. What's that? For like as open world as it gets in Final Fantasy VII, you're pretty much on rails where you can't like yeah 
really mess anything up or like lead to anything like you can't really miss out on too much no yeah the yuffie story i think the the end game of that too is very fun like there's a there's some extra bonus content in there that i feel like goes a lot further than the previous final fantasies did um you know and just like giving you some more stuff to fuck around with before like you finish everything yeah um i just started playing through chrono trigger again which is like my favorite rpg of all time um, I know I've talked about it, uh, maybe not so much on this podcast, but I certainly talk about it a lot in any sort of gaming conversations, but that's like my all timer and playing it right now is like, honestly, like reading a book that I love kind of a thing. Here we go. Cause this is what the first time I broke my brain with a strategy guide and video games, Chrono Cross, where yeah. you have two, like like 150 different characters who every right. single decision you make throughout the game affects whether or not you can get them. Oof. Like that's the the game that like really messed with me. I have never played Chrono Cross. I have it on my computer. I can emulate it right now. I th- I was going to play it earlier in quarantine. I sort of stopped myself. Maybe I just pick it back up and fucking go after it cuz it's it people it's like weird like everyone's no one ever says like this game is amazing. You have to play it. People are like, this game is very interesting and very good, and you should check it out. But it doesn't get that like praise, the same praise that Chrono Trigger did. I think it's because there's an infinite amount of ways to play the game. It's mm. crazy. Like as far as that goes, I'm either I think you either have to go one way where you either look up a strategy guide and plan for what characters you want based off of like how they look or what Mm. they have or don't touch anything like that and just like see how your choices lead you Mm. what was that for what did chrono cross come out for ps1 yes playstation oh okay playstation playstation uh that sounds i you know what i don't know if i like making story decisions in games i it stresses me out i think that taps into the thing i'm talking about of like the the way in which like the internet fuels me is i get really worried i'm making the wrong decision yeah i get worried that like i'm doing the one that's actually suboptimal and then that bugs me um and that's something that i have to overcome a lot is like not looking at guides online to make sure that like to actually enjoy and play the game and like just be comfortable with my decisions hmm. and not because i'm not a completionist when it comes to this shit like i yeah. actually don't give a shit but i just want to have the best play the best version of this game possible for my own personal enjoyment for sure um okay that's some great discussion let's talk oh about- thank you <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the bundle games um Okay, so this week we had three games, Gunducky Industries, SpookyGhost.com, and Tiny Dangerous Dungeons. Um, do either of you guys have a, a place you want to start, a game you want to start chatting about? Anything that was especially compelling for you? Kind of a weird week, game-wise. <laughs> I'll say it straight, straight off the bat. Tiny Dangerous Dungeons consumed a night of mine. I had so much fun and forgot all of my plans to play it. <laughs> yes. So the Tiny Interest Dungeons, it's from uh, the developer Adventure Islands. Description is as follows. Hop into a classic Game Boy-inspired Metrovania, Metrovania adventure with the little treasure hunter, Timmy. Explore a huge and open dungeon, collect hidden power-ups, and gain new skills to aid you on your quest. Can you survive the Tiny Dangerous Dungeons and find the presumably huge treasure? Um, 
and it's great. It was super fun. I, I'm totally with you, Ray. I, uh, it's a pretty short game. You can play it in yeah. like, like two or three hours, you know, something like that. Um, so it's great for an evening in over a bottle of wine or whatever <laughs> your, uh, poison of choices. Um, I, what do yeah. you think? I I was almost upset at how um, little of a game there were, or like how I was suddenly done. I was like, "Wait, what? What? Like I can't yeah, take these totally. like these fun power ups that I've acquired into a new like level." <laughs> like exactly the first time that I, um, you know, got the power up where I could walk across water. I was like, "This is incredible!" Yeah, how well, fun. It's paced. I think it's one of the best paced games I've ever played in the sense that every power up, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm unstoppable now. (laughs) I have the water shoes. I have the stop shoes. And the next dungeon room would always be like, yeah, but that thing doesn't work here. And I was like, ah. I was was really pissed when it was like, uh, bubbly water, water i was just like you fuck this fucking game man i was like bring it i can do anything now and then it's exactly what you said right you run into it, you're like oh never mind <laughs> i also i really like the the map i did not because at first mm-hmm. when i first started i was like there's no way i'm gonna care about this stupid map you know like whatever and then i think i went uh, as far as I could to the right and down first, right? And then you encounter yeah. this sort of like uh, Im- um, impassable long water space. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, now what? And uh, and then I was like, oh, this map is actually useful and helpful. And like, uh, I, you know, I'm sure that like people have done stuff with like these side scroller platformers with having maps like that but it felt it felt very unique to this game and very satisfying right because you had to find the map the map was another thing that you sort of found Mm -hmm. in the process um and that i found to be compelling also and it was like oh suddenly i'm going back and forth and trying to navigate this place um as this whole other element to it i um the part of it that i thought was cool too is the way it was colored and sort of the aesthetics of it, where it's like, we're actually going for an original game boy kind of feel. Yeah. I really loved cause it's, it's a, a, a part of my gaming. I don't really um, examine very much, but I, I owned a game boy and I played so much fucking game boy. I loved so many of those original games. Um, <laughs> and this like brought it all back of just like, the sort of like breeziness of the game. Like you pick it up and like, it's extremely intuitive, just the two buttons about what you do. And then you are like adding those power-ups on top, but it's like so simple, you know, yeah. and like so straight at straightforward about what you're supposed to be doing. And still challenging in the places where you want it to be challenging. And then also I think, um, but not I, too challenging. I think it's important to know, like it's, right. <laughs> you, it's, it's totally beatable. It's not impossible. Um, I think when we we played uh, Su- Super Skull Smasher Go to Turbo last <laughs> week or whatever, uh, and it had this similar kind of thing where like there are times where you're doubling back through the level, and and the process of doubling back almost created a new level or a new challenge by going backwards. And I thought that this had that element to it as well. And then also where 
but also in this in this other fun way where it was like it was really hard to go this way i got this power up and then going back the other direction it felt like a cakewalk because i have this like new special special thing right um and then i love um anytime these these like you know super simple platformers or anything uh can kind of show you a thing that is inaccessible originally and you're sort of like what like what do i do here um and then by the time you've kind of gone through enough of the game and you come back to that spot you're like oh like i know exactly what to do here because i've like encountered it and i think that that's always like a really satisfying and i think kind of difficult to do well um feeling like i think it requires a like a game design eloquence that sometimes people hit that and sometimes they don't and this game i think had multiple interactions like that and it felt very very clean and um and precise a well-articulated metroidvania aspect a well-articulated metroidvania um i will say like frogs like those don't hurt frogs don't (laughs) frogs don't hurt frogs don't hurt in real life i think you could get the stomp shoes earlier but (laughs) yeah when i found out that i couldn't jump on these frogs (laughs) i feel like everyone who plays this has that experience but it makes sense when they appear yeah 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 also they um the game uh passes my spike test i think which is i didn't feel like i could run into the spikes going sideways and get hurt i felt like i had to approach them from the correct spike angle and uh and so that was satisfying to me i i think it's this it'll be really interesting we got to start like a running tally of like weeks in a row the spike test is applicable because there are so (laughs) many platformers in this bundle i really feel like we could go like eight weeks where every week it'll be like eric what do you think did it pass the spike test you know this this one feels like it's passed the spike test i mean maybe maybe not a hundred percent I definitely approached spikes from like an angle that was kind of like, is this a 45 degree angle? But I never, I never felt frustrated by how I was running into spikes. Like every time I ran into the spikes and they hurt me, I felt like it was a deserved (laughs) hurt. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The gameplay, the, 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 actual game like controls really well it is well paced Mm -hmm. in terms of when it reveals things to you i really like the music it's only like the two tracks pretty much right there's sort of the the opening theme track for like the main menu and then the track that plays the entire time you're playing um but it was great i thought the music was really nice nice chiptune sort of uh you know eight bit stuff how many uh how many secret rooms did you guys find how many of the secret doors i don't know I found one and got like a heart from it one time. Oh yeah. I got one heart and one fruit. I didn't get the other. Uh, it looked, yeah. Cause I went through it and I looked on the, on the map and there were like still things left over that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. I didn't get any of them, but I, I knew they were there. I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I don't do this. <laughs> but the, there is still a part of me that's like, Oh, I kind of want to go back and try to like, find it which well, is that, that speaks to how this game like really appeals to you you know what i mean which is yeah. great um so final thoughts guys pass or play uh play 
I'm a play. And I am also a play. Um, with, with with the caveat that I wish this were the first level in an eight-level game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what yeah. it feels like. It's the first level. Like I want to play more levels of this. It's it's definitely a game that leaves you wanting more, but at but that's not really true about all of the games in this bundle. No, so. no, no. <laughs> so let's move on to the one that I couldn't play this week, which is spookyghost.com from Zertuk. Uh, description spookyghost.com is a met small metroidvania about a ghost hunter named ruby one halloween night a ghost hunting job comes in but it turns out not to be a regular gig ah. <laughs> um, Turn, turns into a big dungeon uh yeah if uh ray what do you what do you think about spookyghost.com this game i'm not great at metroid games and i found this game to be very frustrating and uh you're gonna have to talk to me about your spike test for this game as well uh yeah so it's it's this kind of it feels like a like early pc game um like almost like uh was it duke nukem was that one of those original platformers or duke nukem's first person shooter I think it became first person shooter, right? but I think like the original oh. Duke Nukem was like a, I, I don't know, like, but it felt like this feels like very early PC side scrolling platformer, like even maybe Nintendo, but maybe even like kind of prior um, and has this kind of like hot topic, goth Halloween sort of aesthetic to it. Um, yeah. I think I kind of agree with you, Ray. It wasn't, quite it wasn't quite what i wanted you know especially after playing um uh, tiny dangerous dungeons which i felt like just hit it out of the park um and i also think like as we play these like how are platformers uh going to like there's gonna be the bar is just slowly gonna get higher and higher for platformers Mm -hmm. i think um i I think they're probably on the easier end of like games that you can design um and so i think like there's gonna be a point where there's just sort of a point where it's like well this might not be enough you know what i mean like it's just sort of like there's these like blobs going around and shooting stuff at you there's ghosts going around um but it's just, yeah, it didn't quite get there. That was the thing I think that sums it up is this compared to Tiny Dangerous Dungeons was very crowded. There are a lot of like bad guys, a lot of things that go wrong at like in every little screen. And then there are way so Tiny Dangerous Dungeons, one boss battle. This game, frequent boss battles. Yeah. And then they're very difficult too. Yeah, that jail, the jail o' lantern, right? The, yeah. Where was that pumpkin that kept uh, regenerating its health? The, oh boy, oh boy, was that frustrating. <laughs> um, That's so interesting. I, so it didn't, it didn't do a good job of like scaling its difficulty. It was just like easy, 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 and then impossible kind of a thing. I don't even think it starts off easy, easy, easy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crowded and difficult, and I don't mind um, difficult games. Uh, but yeah, I like there was 
Yeah, I don't know. There were some elements to it that it didn't make me want it, want to keep back, keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, I really like uh, that there's a uh, petting cats element to it, that as you go through the game, you want to pet cats so that the giant cat will help you to fast travel to places in the game. And it'll only let you fast travel to places depending on how many cats you pet. And I that's great that's that is uh, an element of design that i am a hundred percent on board <laughs> for <laughs> give me giant cats give me the ability to pet cats give me the meaningful way in which petting cats uh you know helps me to move in this game um i didn't enco- i didn't encounter spikes that were frustrating did you encounter i think the only spikes i encountered were in pits but maybe because I didn't play through the entire game. Did you I beat the game? No, no, no. Uh, there are just there's some curved spikes, uh, mm. which when rather than like taking damage and bouncing off, you just like you're just dead. Oh, no, like, <laughs> <laughs> you mean the buzz saws? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I also like I like in video games when uh, they have the internet in the video game. Like you can play through a video game version of an internet. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted almost more of that in this game. Like out the bat, just being able to like the idea of scrolling through like an eight bit internet is funny to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, pass or play for you two? Ray, pass. I'm a pass. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm a pass too. I think, and I was trying to kind of put my finger on why I was a pass going into it, and I almost feel bad about it. Um, and I think it's just because. Uh, yeah, I want a little bit. I, I think that like the Metrovania um, game design is like a little bit too easy. And so I, I think it's, you know, like uh, if you're a first time designer and you're doing that and this is just sort of the way that you're kind of constructing a game for the first time, that's cool. By all means, go ahead and do it. But as far as like gameplay goes, I... I need something a little bit more to come back to, whether it's um, an interesting kind of puzzle element or an interesting kind of like the, the power ups in tiny dangerous dungeons or with super skull smasher, you know, having to like kind of bring these skulls back to like a specific location, like something that feels, you know, a little bit more, I think also like, you know, growing up playing a lot of Nintendo and Sega games and like going to Blockbuster every week and like getting a new platformer game. Like I've played through a lot of platformers. So like back back then, like everybody was trying to one up each other in terms of like how they were going to make their side scroller sort of game different. And uh, and so I think that there's kind of that bar is is raising higher and higher for me as we kind of play through these games and this one uh yeah it just felt a little it fell a little short of that um still very fun spooky kind of stuff you're 
collecting candies every time you kill these things, <laughs> slowly building up a candy corn. Uh, so I think that there's like kind of there's fun ideas um, and interactions that are going on in this game. But yeah, it's still a pass for me. All right, on to the final game of the week. Gun Ducky Industries from The Voices Games. Uh, the description, fly your plane with arcade flight simulator controls through narrow levels, shooting enemy robots and dodging amongst obstacles such as trees and ancient ruins. And we should put a caveat in here because The, the Voices Games put a note on the uh, browser version of the game uh, on itch.io that I read. Uh, this was an attempt at a Scott Star Fox-ish game developed in 2017. Initially, it was released on PS4 and Steam, I removed it from sale because it was badly reviewed and sold terribly, and I felt like I should stop charging money for it. I found out later that there was at least one person who really liked it, so I'm just putting it up free here, which is a extremely heartbreaking thing to read uh, from a creator about their game, and unfortunately, I think is a very fair um, reflection <laughs> of playing it. I think it's, I'm going to be the one person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ray, you, you liked, liked it. Ray, you liked it. Oh my god! So I've never wanted a game to be more fun off the bat immediately than when that voiceover hits. And, then, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, let's do this!" Oh wow, how much did I you love get it. through? How much? I beat the full first level. Okay. Uh, got through the end and was like, "Oh yeah, this rules!" Like every time, like I got past a new thing, I was like, "Cool, we're having fun. We've got this figured out." And then the second level was impossible. <laughs> the second level was so hard. <laughs> oh man, this game is it. It is just a bad game. I think like it's it's the design is so. Um, aggravating i think eventually i got the hang of I, I guess what i learned from it is that like in most kind of flight simulator games they have a balancing element uh -huh. to them this game does not have that balancing element you are doing a hundred percent of the balancing so if you tilt left you're going to continue to tilt left until you tilt back <laughs> on it again and there are so many times where it's like oh i just narrowly missed a duck but now i am spinning just horribly out of control. yeah i'm going to hit a wall in two seconds <laughs> oh man wow yeah i like the what a surrealist kind of wild wild world this game was right like at least in the first level there there seemed to be like three different enemies and the enemies themselves kind of have their own interaction one is just sort of like it pops out at you one or maybe there's there's four right there's like the kind of general like flying duck that you can kind of get around or shoot there's one that kind of like turns and tries to smack you there's like the two-dimensional giant fish that sort of jumps yeah. up and down and then there's the rubber duckies that fire bullets at you um and this game this, there's some story about uh i think it's les paul like discovering how to um record guitar tracks over himself and like as soon as he just decided to do that he like was recording like hundreds of tracks over like it just went from like zero to like a hundred type of thing and this game has that element where it's just like the enemies themselves 
are not necessarily very threatening, but what happens if I put a hundred rubber duckies <laughs> bullets at you? <laughs> and that is like such a wild, wild visual experience. Like really, really crazy. Oh, I... <laughs> The interesting part about the rubber duckies is I don't think you have to worry about them in any way, shape, or form. They're going to hit you, and I was never going to that one. I think that's true. I think shooting at them is a trap because then you're angled downward. That that was the thing to me is like, you know, if if I'm – it it doesn't even feel right to think of like a – criticism for this game or anything like that or like a critique for it because it is so clearly made by one person as like a piece like a a passion project kind of a thing or to be get better uh at like building games you know i don't think it should be for sale anywhere necessarily but you know i wouldn't want to spend like money on this but i i did have fun playing it Mm -hmm. in, in the realm of just like trying to make it work considering like i i think like i'm trying to articulate is that in a in a game you know either the things coming at you are supposed to provide the difficulty or the limits on the way that you move are supposed to provide the difficulty you know like the system in which like you're engaging with the world or the world itself and then the interaction of those two things is is where the game is you know and in this yeah. game the way you move is so broken and the world itself is so like laid out in, a, in like a sort of a thoughtless way that there's really no game there almost like the game emerges from the lack of those two things, which <laughs> makes it like kind like you're saying a surreal kind of experience where I'm like playing this thing that like clearly was just like, okay, here's this one system. I'll jam it in. And here is like a bunch of random shit. I'm throwing it all over the place. And <laughs> the, the game is what comes of that. So I had some fun playing it for sure. You know, I, I had a good time here and there, but it, it wasn't because it was good. It was because it was, it, I was playing someone's art project, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's an art project is, I, I think it's kind of successful. I think it's fun to play. It is like a, it's it, yeah. I mean, I think like, it's like the room, like watching the movie, the room, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It is. I mean, like, I almost, I want, I almost wanted to get good at the game, like, in spite of the game itself. Like, I wanted to feel like I could, because I think, yeah, I beat that first level um, and started to feel like I have some kind of control over this plane. And then it just immediately threw walls up on either side of you. And so it was like the, the, like, the the room for error just became so minimal right like you really Mm -hmm. had to navigate the space expertly and that became very frustrating right like that was that that went from that point of like oh this is this sort of fun wild experience but like i can kind of you know manhandle this airplane and survive to like oh my god i'm exploding all the time right now uh this is frustrating um and it's funny too because i was also thinking about that going into this like all right we're like we're gonna be interacting with this project that somebody like straight up out like off the bat has said this game is like people 
poorly reviewed this game. There's at least one person who friggin' likes this game, I guess, or whatever. So here it is for free. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we've we've tasked ourselves with reviewing all of these games. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I almost want to. I almost want to give it like a hate play. Like my first, like this is a play, and it's it's it it's not a good game, but like it's it's maybe worth interacting with just for the the sort of like very strange experience well and that's the thing too is like when are you going to play a game like this you know like when it like there's no way that something like this makes its way out of so many places you know it's a project this is like a it's like a project that someone made as opposed to a video game which is it's just different yeah play it in a web browser makes me think like if i were like in high school, or if I had a job at a like a customer service type job again, I would just want to like do this all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, just... I got bummed out that the level select didn't work on the browser because I was like, oh, if I could skip that second level, it looks like and like there are cool levels that he's designed for this game, but I didn't get to play them. Yeah, no, I did see those screenshots for like like you know levels beyond the second level which was like so sad because i'm like <laughs> you probably spent so much time designing you know these like different cool levels and then like it's so the like the the wall that you have to hurdle in order to figure out how to pilot this plane in a way to get to some of those levels is just too high it's just too difficult <laughs> Uh, and it also might just be physically impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in terms of being able to like move your hand fast enough on the keyboard to be able to like <laughs> correct, self-correct the turning and stuff like that. It's true. I mean, I, you know what it like the idea of somebody there being somebody out there that is like very good at this game is like really, it, it like tickles me in some way. Like even if this, the game designer is like, I'm really good at piloting this game. I was able to play through it. You know, like I can do this, you know it's easy for me um then like that's fun and i like that i remember in a in like grade school we had to build a board game uh for like something and i built a trivia board game but like the trivia questions were all so incredibly specific and i (laughs) and i knew all the answers because i had written it so the game was like very easy for me and impossible for everybody else and i wonder if that's like what this is like for this person (laughs) i don't get why everyone else can't play gendaki industries as well as i can having designed it um the music is fine and the graphics are the graphics are pretty uh i wouldn't say bad but they're you know very rudimentary 3d graphics um uh you know in general i i'm very curious uh about everyone's final thoughts is this a pass or a play ray let's start with you if you're just like fooling around on a browser and you you're playing games like 2048 sure i think it's a play yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it's 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 probably my first uh yeah i it it sucks to call it a hate play but it's it's just gonna be that's what it's gonna be it's a play just because you're it's 
an experience unlike any other experience that you're going to have. Yeah, I mean, that's my feeling too. It's a play. Like when you get to play games like this, you know, you got to check it out. It's <laughs> it's something else. It's free, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can get it at itch.io uh, for free uh, just in the browser. It's um, free. It's not going to charge you more money. There's no pay to play aspect to it. You're not going to... It's not going to like demand that you pay a dollar so that you can have a stabilizing engine for your airplane. And now having said all that, uh, you know, very quickly, like fuck us for at all criticizing the voices games who made this wonderful game and put it out there for us to play voices games. We love you. I checked out some of your other games. They are all very wild graphics wise. (laughs) That's so funny that we're, but having said that we're all plays. So guys check out Gundaki Industries. (laughs) It'll be a very, very strange experience. One of the things I've been enjoying about this project is that uh, if there's a game I'm interested in or, you know, that it is cool in some way, I'll, I'll click on the developer and then check out what other stuff they've had. So this week, um, the folks from t- uh, Tiny Dangerous Dungeons uh, is a company called Adventure Islands, um, and they have a, another browser game called Total Party Kill, uh, that's uh, in there, and it reminds me a lot of the Vikings games for uh, you know, like NES or SNES, uh, and sort of those early ones where there's three different party members. There's a mage, a knight, and a uh, archer, and there's a room. You just have to exit it, and uh, you can kill the people in your party. And usually, you have to kill some <laughs> of them to be able to like gain access to the door. And that's it. Every level, it resets. They're alive, and they have different tools they can use the wizard can freeze them the knight can bash people far distances and the um archer shoots them with an arrow and then they fly and stick to the wall so you can jump off them and it's just how do we move this in different ways to make it sort of satisfying um so it's it's a really cool little game um yeah it's playing it as this is way up eric's uh alley so um i like that pretty much anything with a wizard in it i'm i'm on board if if there is a you know kind of old white guy with a pointy hat and a and a stick then you know i'm intrigued sign me up <laughs> um so that's uh that's the only thing i've really been playing other than persona 5 i i <laughs> persist playing that when i'm on my exercise bike um i've made it to the second dungeon in that game uh it's a very cool game very fun very japanese um <laughs> Uh, and I've, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I played, so I think I'm going to get the Xbox live game, pa- game pass, which is like five bucks a month and it gives you access to games. Uh, but I just played, there's an early access version of this game called grounded, which is like, um, it's like you're the kids in honey. I shrunk the kids. You're like, uh, it's a co-op game that you can play where you're all just a bunch of shrunken teens and you're running around and fighting ants and uh, collecting stuff in a garden while trying to figure out how to get unshrunk again. Cool. <laughs> and so we started playing that. The The game is still very much in early access, so you can't, like, there's not very much of a story mode, yet it kind of feels like a, um, like a, like a promo basically but uh but i think it's gonna end up being a very fun game that at times turns into this like uh kind of almost like 
uh, Morrowind style RPG, right? Where you're like <laughs> going into these like little caves and encountering, you know, like ants and grubs and spiders and stuff like that. And then like it seems like that part of the uh, part of the gameplay is going to be like building forts and stuff out of gra- grass and things like that and slowly like creating these like homes or whatever um so it looks like a very promising game and i i played a little bit of that yesterday and whew, mwah. nice ray ray oh i mean now i just want to go play vikings because <laughs> i loved those games growing up uh but uh, or total party kill even, but I'm I'm playing very basic games right now. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII the remake, as well as Overwatch. So, hey, there we go, baby. Base level. This guy's, this guy's riding the wave. He's a trendy, yeah. trendy boy. <laughs> well, Ray, thanks so much for doing the show. It was wonderful to have you on. Thank you guys for having me. This is um, a yeah. Anything you'd like to plug before we let you go? Ooh, I have no personal plugs, but I'll say if you live in uh, LA District 4, check out Nithya Raman. If you live in Burbank, check out Constantine Anthony. And if you live in Philadelphia, if anyone from back home is listening, uh, check out Nikhil Saval. <laughs> Here we go. DSA, baby. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, well, great. Uh, thank you, Ray. Oh baby, oh. another another incredible wow. one in the book. Alex, I think we are very good at this. We are very good and only getting better. And um, oh, it's like a snowballing effect of us getting better and better and better and better and better. <laughs> Thank you so much to Ray Gordon for being our guest on the podcast this week. Um, yes. Why don't we uh, get the games together uh, for next week? Yes, please. You do that while i sit here lay here actually on my back (laughs) oh my god okay the games are monster pub chapter two borb the burb and mana for our malices oh i love it um monster pub chapter two is from alex illichev it's a role-playing card game it's casual it's got monsters there's pixel art Mm. Uh, Borb the Burb is by Ludonaut. It's got birds, colorful, cozy, cute, gentle, secret, self-care, soothing, touch-friendly. And Mana for Our Mouses is from NKIV2. It's a visual novel with anime, horror, and mystery elements. Oh, wow. I can't wait to play these things. Yeah, these sound like three uh, very different games. So please play along. Please donate uh, to the causes for this week. and uh, send us proof at bundlebuddiespodcast at gmails.com and we'll shout you out in the show. Also, like us, subscribe to us, do all those cool things. Support the Bundle Buddies. We are your friends. <laughs> We're your only friends. We are your only friends in this horrifying time. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. We love you. We, yep. Yeah, I love you, Alex. I love you too, Eric. Okay.
Oh, baby. Another another incredible one in the book. Alex, I think we are very good at this. We are very good and only getting better. And Um, it's like a snowballing effect of us getting better and better and better and better and better. (laughs) Thank you so much to Ray Gordon for being our guest on the podcast this week. Um, Why don't we uh, get the games together uh, for next week? Yes, please. You do that while I sit here. Lay here, actually, on my back. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Okay.